Oh my, I have been waiting for this for days. I've been thinking about this for almost a week because as soon as the the events of the 100th PGA Championship began to unfold, all I could think about was how excited I was to get Kyle Porter on the podcast so that we could break it down. Uh, Kyle, you... You are like, have you, are, are you still tingling? I mean, I'm still tingling just thinking about it. You don't want to talk about the FedEx Cup bubble this week at the Wyndham? No, I don't want to talk about the FedEx Cup. The only time I will talk <laughs> about the FedEx Cup bumble, bubble at the Wyndham is when Tiger is trying to make the playoffs like he was back in like, what, two, 2014, 2013, something like that. He's making his late charge. Uh, yeah, that was... That was a, that feels like 15 years ago after what we saw at the PGA Championship. You know, I, we, we were just talking off off air. Uh, my it felt like it felt like there were five rounds to the tournament uh, because Monday I was so still jacked up from everything traveling back to to Dallas from St. Louis, and uh, it, it was just it was it was a tournament that I think people went into not necessarily looking forward to and came out of thinking. That was one of the best major championships I've ever seen, and, and and not just not just me, but a lot of people. Well, okay, so how much of that is Tiger Woods? I mean, it's like I don't know, ninety percent of it. 90, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I think that when you've got the when you've got an, an incredible leaderboard, um, that is going to get the the golf fans going. But the the reason why the like. The reason why the 2018 PGA Championship will hold a spot, not just in in the golf history uh, library, but in the sports history library, is because of what we saw from Tiger. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it wasn't like, so it's one thing if you have Tiger playing against Scott Brown at the at the Wyndham, like in a in a regular event, but. It was it was a big time leaderboard, and and this is where it it gets so interesting is that you've got Tiger against guys like Brooks Kepka and uh, Justin Thomas and Ricky Fowler and all these like you know studs. I probably shouldn't; those three are probably not all in the same category, but um, just just young stars of the game, and and, and to sort of compare. An aging tiger against those guys is, I think that's where the fascination is. That's, that is, and, and somebody said this, I think Kevin Van Valkenburg said this about tiger. He's like, guess what? Tiger 64 in the final round of a major on a Sunday back in 2008, that wins the tournament, but this is not 2008 and Brooks Kepka is not Rocco immediate. Oh yeah, you know, no different, like, different. Like that's that is the most interesting part of the. That's the most interesting part of the calculus on. Uh, you know, are are you you're are you all the way to uh, win, not if for Tiger Woods in a major championship? Uh, well, I was asked about this uh, on Sunday night on HQ. I did a I did a hit on HQ right after the tournament. Watch CBS Sports HQ live streaming twenty four seven on all your uh, connected devices. Yeah, just watch Chip. He looked he looked fantastic. You guys should check it out. Um, and I still said that he would not win a major. And is and uh, explain my my reason for that is that. I, I mean I always go back to this. There's only four a year. He's going to be forty three soon. Uh, in in December before the next major is played. I think he's going to be 43. He's 42 right now, I believe. And it's just like 
it like right right the day after the PGA Championship where he finished the second, it feels like he's going to win a major, right? But again, like this this back thing, I don't think it holds up for like ten years. No, I don't, you know, like I think I think what I'm saying is the window I think is pretty small here, and I'm just betting. I'm basically betting the field because the field is a lot stronger than it used to be. Right. Because the, I am when not if for a major championship, though I would not be surprised if the more realistic is that he wins, a he wins at Bay Hill, you know, like I'm, yes. I, I am, I'm very much, uh, I've positioned myself as a, as a fan of the sport and as a fan of watching Tiger Woods excel on the golf course, that that's, that's probably where this ends. My window that I'm giving him 12 mate, I'll give him 12 to 16 majors or maybe I'll give him like three more major seasons and then I do think he's got about a 5 to 6 year window longer than he has anywhere else at Augusta. Yeah, and and maybe at an open too, depending on the venue. True. Yes. Because 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 we saw, obviously, Tom Watson compete until he was 60. You've seen other... I mean, that's where Phil won when he was older. Uh, I don't know that he can that he could win at every open venue when he, as he ages, but I think that that's the other place that he could be competitive. Tiger Woods, uh, for the... Just for the entire event, one of the best in the field on approach shots. Um, the putting was just absolutely lights out on Sunday the i mean we we discussed before the round we said all right i he i think he needs to shoot a 64 and he yeah. did i know and he I know. did well and I, I was uh zag blair on twitter a tour player uh, architecture nerd was taking like saying what what does tiger need to shoot to like what's what wins and i basically said i thought 14 under would win and tiger needed a 64 which i was like that's just that's not gonna happen you know and then it happened and it happened dramatically it happened with a birdie at the last and what i I, i'm curious because we consumed it very differently i was obviously there with tiger the whole way you were watching on TV and live blogging to millions of people, literally uh, across the across the world. Uh, what was the moment for you that that like like what's the what's the moment that you'll remember when you think back about the PGA this time next year? Three. Yeah, right at the beginning. It was unbelievable. I mean, because <laughs> he's coming off two, and things are juicing, and like. You know, we we had already kind of built up because he was in that crowded group, but then still got the later tee time. So it felt yeah. like he, even though the the leaderboard did not show Tiger Woods, uh, you know, like just in striking distance of the lead because of his tee time in the pairings, it felt like he was right there. I mean, he was like, all all he's got to do is get a couple birdies, and and this thing's on. He birdies to. And then he just absolutely sticks it on three. And I, that, that was when I just like was yelling uncontrollably, you know, just like, just, just <laughs> running around my house. Like I had to take my fingers off the live blog. And I was like, this is, this is absolutely the most fun, uh, that I could ever imagine, uh, that I would be having watching the PGA championship period. Like I can, I can get myself hyped up for the masters U S open, 
and the open uh, just based on the tournament, based on if the leaderboard gets spicy. You know, if we've got one of those situations where there's a lot of different players, we've had some of these championships that we've broken down on the podcast where there are, you know, two to three hour periods that are really, really fun. The most fun that I will ever have watching a PGA championship was probably the, those first couple holes for Tiger Woods. Uh, Solly told us that Tron did the Ray Lewis dance in their living room <laughs> Dude, at one point. Like, <laughs> I mean, but I, and the funny thing is I'm sitting here like texting all of my friends. We're G chatting like the, I, I loved your description of, uh, of p- just pandemonium where it was like, yeah, yeah. Pe- people were losing their mind. Like it was the, the end of animal house, just like running <laughs> in circles, like climbing trees, like just losing well, the, the their thing, shit. The thing that it re- the thing that it reminded me of, you know how you see all these these old uh, open championship, uh, like like all this footage from like the fifties and sixties, and and you have people. There, there's this great clip of Tom Watson hitting a shot into the eighteenth hole somewhere. Uh, at I I don't know what venue it is, but like people are like literally running behind him, uh, to like kind of enclose him around the green and like wherever he's walking. And that's what it felt like with Tiger. I mean, we were on a, a par three, what uh, 16 on Sunday and Tiger's putting. And there's no, there's like between the tee box and the green, there's probably a couple thousand people like standing in the walkway, standing where the, like not in the walkway, like where they shouldn't be standing. And so Ricky Fowler and John Rahm, who were behind Tiger, had to like actually wait a while after Tiger left the green because they had to clear all the people out from the middle of like in between the tee and the green. It was it was it was insane. And no, none of them none of them were staying to watch John Rahm and Ricky Fowler, two of the world's best golfers. They're just like, oh no no, we got to keep it moving. Let's go to seventeen. It was. It was Ryder Cup like, and when Tiger walked the bridge, so he he puts out on eighteen, one of the great fist pumps. Uh, I don't know about ever, but in the last decade from him on eighteen, and he walks the bridge to get over to the clubhouse, and it was very Ryder Cup like in terms of the people that gathered under the bridge just to kind of urge him to give a wave or a, a tip his hat or just anything. I think he gave a thumbs up and people just lost their minds. And it was surreal. It, I mean, the whole thing felt, you know, we go to these events and, and we we watch them unfold and we try to contextualize them and think about them. And rarely are you able to understand how surreal something is in the moment as it's happening. If you were not like Kyle and with Tiger for all 18 holes of his Sunday, which should be most everybody. Um, you need to go over to CBS sports and read his column. It's a nine minute read. So give yourself some time, but it is worth every single minute. Uh, I, it is, I I feel like you, you did a good job of, um, sort of wrapping up three things. Number one, I thought that, you know, what, where Tiger is, I think that you have that pinpointed better than about anyone else. Uh, you did a great job of of connecting. I mean, you are a couple years older than me, but not much, right? I'm 33. Okay, I'm 31. 
So, yeah. we, so if, if you are anywhere like on, you know, five to 10 years on either span of this, if you remember Tiger Woods, uh, at the peak of his powers, there's, uh, there's a lot to connect obviously there. And then, uh, the third thing just sort of like, you know, what, what, what this championship sort of became, uh, out of nowhere, because we didn't have, we didn't have any expectations for that. So first of all, go read that. If you have not, uh, gone to read it, Tiger Woods won everything, but the Wanamaker Kyle crushed it, but I want to elaborate on a note that, uh, I can't remember where you gave it, but I, do you really feel like Tiger Woods mentally is in a place where he's allowing himself to enjoy all this? Yes. And I gave this anecdote out on the No Line Up podcast, and I'll say it again here. There was a moment on Saturday, Tiger's playing 11 and hits a, a stinger that just weakened the knees of St. Louisans everywhere. And he walks back over to his bag and puts his club up. His caddy, Joe Acaba, was uh, getting water or something, so there was nobody really around him. And he sort of props himself up uh, on his bag, like where his driver and three wood are, puts his forearm on top of them. And he kind of drinks in everything that's in front of him. And that's just thousands of people. There's nobody behind him. You can't stand behind him on number 11, or you can't stand behind where the players are. And he just was smirking over there. Like, this is awesome. And I am loving this. And I think that, I think that for those guys, we, Yes, they're multimillionaires and they're famous and all these different things, but we forget about how much work they put in behind the scenes and stuff that we don't see and stuff that's just not that fun. It's not fun to go putt for like six hours. No. It's not it's not fun to go hit wedges for, you know, three hours at a time and, and try to figure stuff out and it sound like to to the common like to the to you and me that sounds like, Oh yeah, I'd love to do that. Yeah, you'd love to do it for like a day. But you, you don't want to do it like every day. And I think that it has been so rewarding for him because I don't think he knew if putting all this work in was actually going to be worth it. And I think like the fans and the noise and the adulation and all that, I think, I think he likes that. I do. I do think he does because who wouldn't? But I think the, the competition of it, like the, like the heart of like, I'm going against Kepka in the final round of a major. I'm going against Rory and Spieth and Justin Rose and Francesco Molinari in the final round of a major. I think he I think he is addicted to that. And I think that uh I think he is just loving I don't I don't even like here's a take. I don't even know if he really really cares that if he wins. I agree. I agree. I, I think he just I think he just wants to be in it. Yeah. No. I, and, and so, and so I think, I think he goes a little far of like, Oh, I'm just happy to be here. I don't think he's like happy to be there. I think he wants to like be in it truly with the, in the last few holes on a Sunday. But at, at the end of it, like he, like he just, it, I think he felt like he won when he, when he shot a 64 on Sunday. I, well, it goes back to, uh, I think that wasn't this your take after, the open where you said, does it matter? Like it, it wasn't yeah, that the, yeah. the, the, like the response, like will tiger win a major? Will tiger win? A, does it matter? And in sort of the tiger woods angle of that is you, does it, 
does it matter to Tiger? Like, absolutely, Tiger Woods wants to win. Like, Tiger Woods wants to win anytime that he he sets foot on a course and enters his name into competition. But I I don't think that I don't think he is dealing with a the fear of losing that so often we've heard competitors at the the peak of their powers talk about. You know, the thing is like I don't even like winning. I just hate losing. I I think that right now. Tiger Woods looks like he's in a spot where he is just like he he's just love I like that. He's just loving being in the mix. Well, and I, I think it's I think it's been really interesting because you see so many guys professional, especially in golf, they get out on tour and they've got all these friends and like people they hang out with and stuff. And then the older you get, the more isolated you get. Uh, partly because you have family or kids or I don't know, just it's you don't, you don't like hang when you're like 47 or whatever. I mean, you do, but not like you did when you're 27 and he's almost gone the other way. Like he was isolated when he got out there because he was tiger because he, he almost had to be isolated. And now he's like wanting to hang out with guys and like be around people. And like, it, it's his, his trajectory in terms of the way he interacts in this big traveling circus has been almost the opposite of what a normal PGA tour pro is. And that's been pretty interesting to witness as well. He's missed out on the group hangs of his twenties. Yeah. You know, just like the, the email threads of a bunch of, a bunch of people all trying to figure out where we're going to go pregame. You know, he missed all that. (laughs) He didn't, he, he had to, he was straight into isolation and he never got to just, uh, be out there being chummy with everybody. Yeah. Totally. Uh, do you think that Ricky Fowler's mad that he got one up from his position of handshake <laughs> aficionado at major championships? He got Tiger cut in line on him. Did you see poor ass tweet about this? No. What was uh, it? So he always does the monster tweet after the, like after Tiger finishes when he does the handshakes and you know, like he, he'll, he'll just do like Tiger's, like he'll, he'll basically do his tigers ready for a monster tweet. Right. And so he, he, uh, screen capped tiger and Brooks hugging with Ricky in the background and said, uh, when, when the day's over and you're ready to head back to the club for a couple of monsters and some, jal- some free jalapeno poppers on the house. And, uh, and then he followed it up. It, it was better. It was better worded than that. But then he followed it up and said, uh, with an asterisk, Ricky can come too, but the jalapeno poppers are not on the house. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, his face during that moment, I, I like I, a meaner, a meaner, more spiteful person could have screen cropped, screen like cropped that, screen grabbed it, and done the slow, uh, the slow zoom on Ricky's face with the yeah. Simon and Garfunkel sounds of silence. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Yeah, I think uh, I think that actually was done. What do you think about Ricky hanging around and like congratulating everybody? It's uh, I would like to think that Ricky or someone in Ricky's camp is somewhat. I I don't know if they're going to be totally aware of it. They might be more insulated than to realize it's a thing. But I think that the second that you realize it's a thing, maybe you just sit a couple out. Yeah, I I was thinking about this yesterday. I, I go back and forth on it. Ricky's like the nicest guy. Like we, I talked to him for a little bit at the tournament. He he could not be. He's just like, and and I, I even watched him. He was talking to um, 
some PGA of America people right before he teed off for the final round. And he's like chatting with them and like genuinely just, you know, interested and talk. Like he's just, he's just super nice. Like I think everything that you hear about him is, is certainly true. And so I don't want to detract from like him sticking around and like hugging guys and shaking hands. I think that's genuine. I, I, but there's a part of me that's like, uh, you could, maybe you could do that in the locker room. You know, like just, I don't know. It just, and I hate that for him that it's become a thing. Um, but I, I agree. Like if, if you're seeing that as his team or him or whatever, um, uh, you know, maybe you could, yeah, put, yeah, put again, a few of those in the locker room. Again, just if someone on his team is aware enough to realize that it's becoming a thing, like you see those like, you know, much much love to one of the most thankless jobs and, and the hardworking uh, people that are carrying those cameras all up and down a golf course for an entire week. But like, you when you're at a golf tournament, you know where the cameras are. Like, if you maybe maybe let's take this one in the locker room. Maybe let's 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 sit this green side high five out just for uh, for one 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 or two majors. Yeah, and there's again like there's a huge difference between i was in the second to last group and i did it and then like coming back to the course and you know like like i i almost feel bad like saying anything about it just because he was right there like he was doing scoring he was doing interviews it wasn't like he went out of his way to do it you know true and i also i also don't like i'm not like i feel bad get, saying anything about a guy who's just like being nice like that's you and I have talked about how we need more like kindness just in general, yeah. like on the internet and in sports and whatever. So I'm not deriding him for that. It's just, I hate for him that it's become sort of a thing. Right. And that's, and you're a public figure and sometimes you gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta react based on uh, what your public perception is. Uh, all right. So we're 21 minutes and 56 seconds in. You ready to talk about the winner? Yeah. I, yeah. No kidding. I pulled up uh, something I wrote about, that's uh, so 10 predictions for 2018. I wrote this in January. You you ready for this one about Kepka? Yes. Uh, on the other hand, I'm a little worried. <laughs> I'm a little worried that Kepka's 2017 was fool's gold. He's a really good player, but he finished 58th on the PGA tour and strokes gained T to green. That's in the range of Kevin Streelman and Russell Henley. And it's a little, and it's a little concerning for a player who hits it like he does. I don't think he has a terrible year, but I don't think he wins another major in 2018. You know, it's so funny because there is some, like I've seen this professionally in the limited amount of time that I've been lucky enough to, you know, cover sports, especially for CBS sports, which we have to just always be making, you know, expert predictions and, and bold, you know, trying to figure out ways, you know, sometimes it is the people who know the most that are going to be led the most astray. Yeah. And I, I was technically right. He didn't win another major in 2018. He won two. Um, but yeah, it yeah, you can almost like overthink stuff. And instead of just like going out and watching and being like, "Yep, that guy's the best guy," like he he's the one that hits it the farthest. Uh, I just it I don't understand how you can be that much of a of a baller like on a Sunday afternoon. How do you not? Like, how do I not understand it? Yeah. I just, it's, 
he made five birdies over his last 13 holes. I know the course was easy, but he had he had Tiger coming at him. He had JT coming at him. I mean, the shots he hits, it's like he's playing on a Monday afternoon. Yeah, but we... All right, so we're starting to learn more about Brooks Kepka, right? Like, we're, we're starting to have... At least I feel like the things are starting to get colored in a little bit more and the soft-spoken arrogance reminds me of other you know people humans athletes competitors uh i i think the soft-spoken arrogance makes it very very like very possible that he takes those back-to-back bogeys and then all of a sudden like that that 789 response of just birdie 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 that was like he felt like his own manhood had been challenged like he felt like dj had just outrepped him and now it was time to go and like really put in like it it that was that was some gym intimidation right there where all of a sudden he Jeez. found him he found himself uh tied you know when he thought he had this cushion and and then he just he just went and beasted it you know i i have no concerns about brooks kepka outside of health yeah i, I think you're right um it's so the 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 numbers and the stats are are sort of just I don't know what to do with them. And I wrote this on Sunday night, but it, he as a as a player he doesn't really have a category. He's got three wins and or he's got four wins, three of them majors, obviously. And as a so as a excuse me as a career he doesn't really have a category, but as a player also, there are so few people in golf history if anybody that hit it like him, but also had the touch he has around the greens. People people were talking about that all weekend. Like how how can he have so much touch and be that good of a putter with how like just juiced up he is? You know, like it just it doesn't it doesn't compute. You know, his, his because his link seemingly his length seemingly comes from like I mean, he is, he's huge. Like he's bigger. He's, he's big in a way that Dustin Johnson is not like, he's just jacked. He looks like a safety and to have that much touch when you're that big is, uh, it's pretty impressive. And I, I, so I think, I think it's almost fitting that as a career arc, we don't really, we can't categorize him because he's difficult to categorize as a, as a singular player statistically as well. Sorry about that. What about, uh, eight and a half over under Brooks Kepka major wins. Eight and a half. Eight and a half. I'll go under. Whew, nine. Yeah, I think eight's the number. But I wanted to te- I wanted to see which side you were going to fall on that one. Yeah, I'll go under. Um, that's a lot. How many people have won nine? Like eight people ever? Seven people ever? Yeah, I I just think we're dealing about a unique. Spe- I think we're dealing with a unique specimen here. Yeah, we might be. Like, like, I mean, and especially it, like, and that's and that's predicting the current like balance of p- regular old PGA Tour wins to major wins. Like that's you know the a lot. I think a lot of fans sort of tuned into that not only this season but now you know at the end of the year once we've got the PGA Championship out of the way that you know that oh my gosh like how is that possible? It's like well there's there there are a lot of ways that it's possible, and I'll take it a step further. I think it's it it is something that could be continued where we see he's a eight time major winner, but then only like a 14 time winner on in total. Yeah. 
Yeah, we we could see it. That would be it would be so bizarre, but it's sort of happening. And you know, I I think what's interesting about him is that it's not like so you see some guys like you go look at um, John Daly's Wikipedia page. He's got two major wins, and then he's got like one other top ten. And you're like, well, I don't that doesn't make sense. Like, was was he actually good, or like what happened those those two weeks? You go look at, um, I don't know, Webb Simpson's um, Wikipedia page, uh, uh, Graham McDowell. Like you have these sort of one-off weeks in which they are – Webb's been playing great of late, but uh, previously in his career. He had, he had one week where he played great, and then the other, the other major finishes, you're like, oh, he's, you know, hadn't really finished in the top 20 or 15. Um, he just hasn't – he hasn't been consistently great. Bubba Watson's a great example. Two two major wins, but four top tens at majors ever. Maybe five now. Uh, Kepka's got twelve top fifteens yeah. at majors in twenty. Tw- yeah, it was in tw- twelve in the last twenty. Yeah, since twenty fourteen. Yeah, that's a joke. I mean, he. It's not like he. These are not one-off instances in which he's winning he's he's contending for every single major and i'll tell and, oh, and so yeah you might be right he might win eight majors i i have no he's only 28 i mean when spieth like spieth might be 28 and only have three majors i think if he if he if he goes winless for the next three years he's 28 and has three majors and the thing is going winless isn't that crazy no not yeah. at all Mm. I think that uh, I think Brooks Kepka has the potential right now. Like Brooks Kepka will be the opposite John Daly, where twenty years from now you're going to be looking up his Wikipedia page and you're going to be like, "Oh my god, that guy was awesome!" But the way that golf and the sport is covered and documented will not reflect uh, his major championship success among his peers. Why is that? Because um, the he has yet to achieve, and I don't know whether this is a Brooks thing or whether this is a, a media thing, but he has yet to, in my opinion, I mean, you're there, like you're you're in there with the the rest of golf Illuminati, but like he he has yet to um, make himself or make a case for being really interesting to talk about. We spent 21 minutes talking about the PGA championship before we even really talked about him. So there's this guy named Dylan Mays on Twitter. I don't know him, but he's, he's smart about, um, golf stuff. And he tweeted this on July 20th about Brooks Kepka, And it was a response to, um, something that Chris Cheney, who's also a good follow on Twitter said, Chris Cheney said, Brooks Kepka is the most underrated top five player in the world ever. And, and, uh, Dylan Mays said, psycho competitive enough to grind every round out, but smart enough to not give a, you know what, about any one shot. He's the perfect specimen. But why is, why is that not attractive to, uh, why is that not attractive for storytelling? Why is that not attractive for, banter like like i finally got a a friend of mine on board because i was telling him like (laughs) during the 
uh, remember there was a bunch of Brooks like features during the, oh, I guess you were there. There was a bunch of Brooks features on TV during the U S open, you know, Fox, Fox had a lot of hours to kill. No, no shade. Yeah. I, I enjoyed the coverage, but a lot of Brooks features and this, I just, I could not stop laughing that he was talking about how he loves an afternoon tea time because he's allowed to get a full workout in and that yeah. his physicality gives him confidence because he knows at the end of a championship, he's more fit than everyone else and he can go a little bit harder and it gives him a little bit of extra juice. He's like, I just know that I'm, I'm, I'm more fit than anybody else out here. And like that kind of gym intimidation like that's that is funny and that is that is something that I can like laugh and get behind but that is not that does not intrigue me in the way that listening to uh in the way that thinking about Dustin Johnson and the the ups and downs of his career the way that it makes Dustin Johnson intriguing or you know Jordan Spieth the way that he plays or the way that he talks or you know Rory McIlroy or I mean there's you can quickly Ricky Fowler even you know what I mean you just you start to you start to talk about the dirty dozen the 12 golfers that matter and Brooks Kepka's on that list because of his success but he's like power ranking 11 or 12 I know um I thought I thought uh Chris Solomon no lineup said it really well he's like DJ doesn't care but Kepka wants you to know that he doesn't care. Mm. And I thought that was I thought that was really well put and it's almost like yeah, I I I don't know. I I I've really struggled with this concept of like why do people not because 28-year-old mega star from the United States, good-looking, um brutish yeah, great player, hits it forever. Like it, there's like if you just descri- like if you took his name out of it and just laid this concept in my lap, I'd be like that guy is going to be on the cover of every magazine and do every media to like he's just going to be a he's going to be iconic. And yet we view him as like the jacked Padraig Harrington. Yikes. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like that's the way that we are sort of thinking about him or covering him or whatever. And and I don't, I, 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 like I've thought about this for the last few days and I just don't have a very good answer. Do you think it's, I, be- I think, oh, go ahead. Well, I, I think part of it is the vibe he gives off. People are just sort of, mm, I don't know, turned off to, and I don't know if he can, I don't even think it's the stuff he says. I think it's just like the general vibe. Because I think you, it, but again, like I don't know, Spieth's vibes stink sometimes, and people love him. I, I, and and I, I enjoy thinking about Jordan Spieth and his career more than I enjoy thinking about Brooks Koepka and his career. And I don't, I don't know why. I think I know why. I think I figured it out. It took us about ten minutes, but I think I've gotten to it. We never. I'm all ears. We we never jumped on board when he was like 21 because he was on the European yeah. tour. You know, that's yeah. like the the guys the guys who flash really, really young all of a sudden get the like you know, but they get us excited. The guys who the Joaquin Neiman, I'm gonna remember that guy's name for the rest of his life, even if he never plays another golf event because he's so sick at the age <laughs> of nineteen. We just we jump on board with these bandwagons for golfers at a young age and so what, a- after Florida State, um 
he goes to the European he tour went, and he doesn't. Yeah, he go ahead. He went to the he went to the Challenge Tour, which is basically like the European Tour's uh, Web dot com tour, and had some success there. Rose up into the European Tour, had success there, then finally came over to the PGA Tour. Yeah, I and I think that you know whatever that that window is. You know, just just the fact that having having him sort of crash land into the American golf scene as a as a fully developed, not a fully developed, but you know, a professional, um, you know, already what probably twenty four at that time. I think I think that our our window to really become infatuated uh, with with a young golf star. Like, how about this? Do you think that uh, what is the difference between Brooks Kepka and Patrick Reed? You mean like as a person or the way that we perceive them? No, one's a lunatic. The other, no, I'm just kidding, like <laughs> just the way that we perceive them. Like in, in that same like I, I'm trying to test my theory on uh, that we just, like did we we didn't jump on board with Patrick Reed right off the bat. No, they're I think they're perceived sort of the same, which is. Is, is kind of absurd. Like it's, it's a not, not and I don't, not necessarily the same. I think there's more animosity for Reed, but in terms of their popularity, I think they're, uh, just sort of being treated as if they are like are similar. Right. And they're not. Kepka's got three majors and he's not really, done anything the way that Reed has that would engender this animosity or frustration or angst or, or whatever about him or his career. And so it's, it, if, if there isn't like the, the negativeness that there is with a Reed or somebody else, it's like, why, why, why not? Like, why, why is this the way that it is? Why are, why are you the way that you are? (laughs) So Justin Thomas Super, super good and exploded at a young age. Jordan Spieth, even younger. Ricky Fowler came in as the pedigree champ, as like the number one amateur in the world. Like these, these are all guys that that gripped our the the golf consciousness. What all before the age of twenty three, twenty two, and I just think that like Patrick Reed and Brooks Kepka, that they they were just a a shade too old to come in and and really. Uh, grab our attention like that, and by the time they arrived, you know we're we're already moving on or thinking about other golfers. Yeah, that, that's probably part of it. the The other thing I was thinking about is that I, you know, I've talked to golfers who are infatuated with uh, not only the idea, but maybe sometimes the person of like a Rory McIlroy. Like other professional golfers are like, yeah, that that dude's like he's. Like I, he's awesome. Like I just, I love him. I love his game. I love everything about him. And I, and I don't know that you get that with Kepka. I don't know that other, I don't know that his peers, that his colleagues talk about him in the same way that they talk about a Spieth or a Rory. Mm. And I think that's probably because he hasn't, um, like, he he hasn't drawn like for whatever reason he hasn't drawn that out of him out of out of the rest of them, and so when you hear a Phil talk about how special Spieth is, that's meaningful. Like that carries a lot of weight. And when you talk when you hear I don't know Tiger talk about how special Rory is, like that's that carries a lot of weight. And 
you don't, I don't think you, and, and this might just me picking and choosing, might be me picking and choosing, but I don't know that you hear it as much about somebody like Kepka. I, I saw a quote from Tiger, um, that almost to me sounded like it un, and I'm sure Tiger did not mean this at all, but it unintentionally, uh, sort of belittled what he did. Oh, it was right off the top. Um, <laughs> well, making that putt at least gave me a chance. At the time, I think Scotty was 14, playing 17, and at least I think I needed to tie Scotty just in case he posted 14 behind me. And Brooksy, what he's doing back there, it's tough to beat a guy when he hits it 340 down the middle. Now, I know Tiger Woods, particularly who cannot find the middle of the fairway, he's probably saying that, <laughs> like, you know, in he is... He, he's trying to say like, oh man, and that's awesome. Like I wish, you know, that would be great if I could do that. But th- there's also in, in that, if you, if you read it and you want to think that that is saying like, oh, well, I mean, Brooks just hits it far that that's gotta be a part of this too. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it's just, yeah, there's, there's a lot of like little stuff that when you add it all up, it sort of makes sense. But again, I, I just, I go back to the fact that if you told me a 28 year old megastar who's good looking and well-spoken and plays the way that Brooks does, wouldn't be like this national sensation icon. I mean, can you imagine if, if Ricky Fowler had won three majors? What we what people would be doing? Oh, it'd be uh, blaze orange at every at he, every golf course. He would be like on the twenty twenty ticket for president. He would there there would be no joke uh, a congratulations in like a congratulations banner in Times Square. <laughs> if Ricky if Ricky Fowler had just completed his third major win in his last six starts, he would be on the Today Show. It'd be like, oh, yeah, he'd be hosting the Today he'd be, Show. He'd be co-hosting the Today Show right now. He, uh, It'd be like Hogan coming back from, like, the from britain in like the 50s he just <laughs> ticker tape parade yes. or bobby jones whoever yes it was. absolutely yeah um, it would and and i don't again i you know some of this is is certainly and we're talking about two different i think the interesting part is we're talking about two different sort of populations here we're talking about the the general public like the my dad who watches golf on Sunday. And we're also talking about the super nerd like me who is in this every day, thinking about it, talking about it, reading about it, all these things every day. And neither party is, is really like fully on board with the, the Kepka train. And not, not that I'm not, I'm just, I, I just am not I do, I'm not enamored with him the way that I am with with Spieth and Rory and some of these other guys. Do you want to be enamored with your golf game? Well, talk to our friends at Top Golf. Because at Top Golf they do lessons differently. No, no, this is a an enhanced lesson experience. They've got certified instructors who not only help you improve your game, but they want you to have a great time too. So all the things you love to do at Top Golf, you're able to do that all at your golf lesson. So sip, snack, swing, and play better with Top Golf Coach. Book a lesson today at topgolf.com/lessons. Once again, go and book it. Have a great experience, but also improve your golf game. Book a lesson at topgolf.com/lessons. Um, 
what uh i think the good podcast listeners need to hear about rory uh roasting your footwear (laughs) i wish i had kvb here because he does a good rory accent but i'm not gonna attempt it uh we're standing on the 11th or the uh what was that 13th tee it's a par three on Saturday morning, and I had my dad's dad socks on. Uh, I saw I saw a photo of them. I mean, they were some some classic issue uh, calf Nike socks. Yeah, they they looked fine. They looked good. And he walks up. There's like five of us standing here. They were a crispy walks, white though. Yeah, they were they were new. Yeah. Um, so Tiger walks by. JT walks by. And Rory walks up and says, uh, you, you, you look like you're going to play Federer. And I was like, well, and I couldn't, I, at the time I couldn't understand what he was saying. I thought, I thought he, I thought he said something else. And so I just said, yeah, let's do it. And then the, you know, the moment passed or whatever. Um, but it, it was, it's always funny to me to see guys. Cause I've, I've had these interactions before with other guys to where it's like the middle of a major round and I, I do not initiate those conversations at all because I don't think that's good. I don't, I don't think you should be doing that, but if they engage first, it's, it's always interesting to me to like see what, if they will do that. Cause I think that we get so, I think that we almost overstate how like, focus they are in the moment those guys are like partly they're just kind of out there playing golf especially the first few rounds like they're just trying to post some numbers and they're not like not everybody's like tiger where he's like lasered in on every moment of the day that's just exhausting and so it's a it's a pretty it makes for some pretty interesting moments when you're out there following them around uh harold varner had an interesting anecdote that i picked up locally he was uh, he was in town or he was in Greensboro for like the Wyndham media day, I guess a week or two ago. Um, yeah. and Varner said that cause he got to play a practice round with tiger at some point this season, I think for, I don't know if I remember it was for the U S open or another event, but, um, he, you know, he was trying, he was playing it cool. And, and when it came time, when there was an appropriate time for, uh, discuss, you know, like the, you know, pick, pick the legend's mind, you know, what kind of advice would you give? And Tiger told Varner, he said, no, you don't black out the crowds. I hear everything, but it's just that you can control in like when you're standing over the ball, you, you just know that the only thing that matters is hitting that golf ball and being able to like, you're not totally blacked out. You do hear every, I thought that was fascinating to think that, it's like, yeah, no, Ty- Tiger does hear everything. He is aware of everything that's going on. It's just he's got that control to be able to like not allow it to bother him when it comes time for standing over the ball and swinging at it. So I had a moment. Uh, that's that's true, and that's good advice. Uh, I had a moment. So Tiger kept changing shirts, right? right? Like he would he would go into these portable bathrooms and change his shirt. At one point, I'm, I might have been a little like, I might have had a heat stroke. I don't know. But uh, I thought, I wonder what would happen if I walked over and just walked in and like, because he, he, he went like in these like fenced off areas, but he would change his shirt outside of the bathroom. 
So he wasn't actually in the porta potty. He would just stand outside of it and and he, but you couldn't you couldn't see him because he was fenced in. He was just getting a little cover like a lot of people do on a golf course when you just need a yeah. little bit of cover real quick. And so I, I I thought to myself, I wonder like what would actually take place if I went over and took my phone out and just like videoed him changing his shirt. Like I wonder what he would say. I wonder how much trouble I would get in. I wonder if I would be fired. I wonder if uh like what would like you know how you, you're like out of like you get kind of punch drunk and you just start like running through these scenarios in your head. That's one I considered for quite a while uh, on Saturday and Sunday. The like, um, well, see, I've I've come the other way where, uh, like I've been in uh, like in media days when like all of a sudden you like find yourself in the men's room at the same time as Dabo Sweeney. And it's just yeah. you and Dabo. Yeah, I think I think years before I would have tried to come up with some small talk, you know, yeah. just, Oh man, day's almost over. Right. And now I think I've come the other side. It's like, nah, man, you'll get way more respect later on. If you just take care of your business and get out of here. Yes. Yeah. I did that at, at, uh, Oh, who was it at the Ryder cup? I, I was using the player caddy bathroom cause I was dying at the Ryder cup. And I think it was Phil was waiting on me outside the door back in back in 16 and i was like well i've just ruined the Ryder cup for the united states <laughs> <laughs> that was well, that was what i told you after the moment with the rory thing where i was like no no no, no. way better that you didn't jab him back because if you had yeah, jabbed him yeah. back and he had tanked the round you would have felt <laughs> terrible uh, but it is weird because you're in this like I, i'd thought about this for a while you're in this middle you're in this like middle space between you're not a fan and you're certainly not a player or a caddy you're you're like in between so you're you're it's 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 very it's a very strange experience being out there that i think that i think people who are fans think that oh you're just a fan but you're inside the ropes but you're really you're not you're 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 between the players and the fans and you don't really know which one sometimes you don't know which one you associate or uh, identify with more at any given time um, what, uh, did you get a chance to follow up with Rory? I did. Uh, we talked for a little bit in the locker room afterwards and he said, uh, I said, man, you start having kids and I'll send you some dad socks. And, uh, he, he was like, you know, it was just, it was a, it was a little much. It was aggressive. It was, it was a lot. He was apologizing. No, he was saying that me wearing those socks was a little much. Oh, 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 that's even better. Yeah, it was it was great. But then, uh, yeah, we we had a good chat. Um, I actually asked him about. uh, He said this after the Masters. He, He was talking about a couple of books that he read. And one of them was a book that my wife's been trying to get me to read called Essentialism. Mm hmm. And I asked him about that and we talked about that for a while and he's like, yeah, you, you know, you should, you should read that. It's, it's really good and kind of, kind of laid out a few reasons why. So I thought that was cool. Book recommendations from top 10 player in the world. Rory McIlroy book club. If, Hey, if, if he wants to do it, we will have Rory McIlroy on for a first cut podcast and talk about no golf, just whatever books he wants to talk about. (laughs) Uh, that's great. I love it. Um, okay. So let's, uh, let's, let's sort of back this up. Is there, what, what were, are there any like main lingering takeaways about other golfers where you felt like you learned something? 
Uh, well, Adam Scott likes to play with two putters. I learned that. I got no time. Um, I got no time for that. That's uh, that's insane. Tweet of the week was no line up saying he brought two knives to a gunfight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that just that destroyed me. Um, pretty disappointed in DJ. You know, Sean Martin has this take about how like the only major DJ's ever won is when he didn't know his own score, which I mean, is which is true. Which is true and hilarious. Um, and I just, just, I don't know, just show up, you know, like you're the best player on tour this year and this is the easiest major course to play. And he just 75 on Saturday. I just thought it was, uh, I thought it was disappointing. I just got a, I just got a panic, uh, tiger slack message. Oh, never mind. Um, it's our it's our friend and editor Brandon Wise, uh, who has been anti Tiger throughout the year, uh, just walking it back a little bit. But um, yeah, oh I yeah, was, I, no, I no, no, good. no. He can't say anything. He was gone all weekend. We were working, and he was like <laughs> on a cruise or doing some wedding stuff. Uh-uh, no sir, no time for that. Uh, but I mean, I'm I'm with you on DJ. It was a 70, it'd be 66, 67, 66, 72, 69, 72, 69 is a disappointing uh, weekend for Dustin Johnson when the players at the top of the leaderboard are shooting 66, 66, 66, 64, 65, 67, like the, the low scores were there and DJ did not get them. Yeah. He was six strokes over the field average on, on, in round three. And like I, I like, and we were talking about how well the problem for the guys in the middle of the pack is that nobody's going to back up. Like you might shoot seventy one, and DJ shoots seventy five. That was crazy. I, I just I thought that was pretty disappointing. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Thomas Peters making a, a late bid for the Ryder Cup. I think is interesting. Francesco Molinari has had an unbelievable year. Yeah, I mean just his summer has been incredible um he he finished top 10 i thought it was a good john rom week yeah didn't didn't make a lot of mistakes game yeah quiet but i mean yeah didn't make a lot of mistakes uh you know he he talked with uh mandy balionis about how he's been working on his mental game you know we'll we'll see how that holds up but uh if if he believes that he's turned a corner uh, th- this was certainly a performance where uh, he like he and Ricky were paired together and you know I know that they uh, see they only finished you know three strokes apart but it certainly looked like he was the one that was moving in the right direction he wasn't able to get uh, all of his birdie looks to fall but I felt like John Rahm was getting more birdie looks than Ricky was yeah uh, by the way I'm disappointed you didn't have Stu Sink in your top five to start the week I know. What was it if uh, if if Stuart Sink had been the one to beat Tiger, that would have been perfect. Oh my gosh! Yeah, if he had beat Watson in '09 and Tiger in '18, that would have been just the just an unbelievable bookend to the the devastating win in 2009. It's all right. So they were showing uh, the 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 photo that everyone's already seen, I assume, of Tiger walking in with the backwards hat and the sunglasses into the clubhouse. The camera was showing pretty much. Uh, every golfer on the way in and you know some of them are 
are giving some, uh, you know, some high fives. Some fans are yelling like, "Yeah, oh, yeah, go Jason!" Jason Day gives them a little wave. You know, Brooks Kepka's getting out. Everyone's got their game face on, and they showed Stuart Sink. Uh, he was walking by himself, and he gave a wave. And I just wondered if no one yelled, "Hey, Stuart!" He just gave a wave for the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who, who right now at Bell Reef Country Club knows that Stuart Sink and is like, hey, Stuart. (laughs) And I think he just knew he was like, okay, camera's on me. Like they've the producer and the camera guy are backing up. I'm just going to give a little wave to the left. All right, cool. We're going to keep it moving. (laughs) He uh, I followed him on Saturday because he was with Tiger and Stu can go a little bit. He can he can he can pound it off the tee. I was impressed. He's a he's a big dude too. I mean he's a he's a monster. Forty five uh, years fun, old. Body's in watch. good shape. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Best, um, best uh, tan line in the game. I thought that JT. Uh, I thought that JT had a really good shot to win it. I think I even told you that at some point when when they were both tied at eleven. I was I was I was thinking that he had a chance to win it, but I thought it was a solid week for him. Yeah, I thought that was a, I thought that was a good take by you. I, I thought that it felt like he would do what Tiger did. Yes, you know, like the sixty four and just have a shot. But then Tiger did it, and it was even crazier. Um, but yeah, he he uh, he's just so JT is just so good. I know that's a real hot take for the number two player in the world or whatever he is. He's just so like, he just doesn't go away. He never goes away. He never folds up shop. He never mails it in. He just keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming. And, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun to watch. He's going to win some majors. Like he's going to win multiple majors and it's going to be, uh, it's going to be exciting. Um, all right. Final eight locked up for the Ryder cup. Have you decided what your let's go two sides here, what your suggestion would be for the captain's picks, but then also your prediction? Because I think that those two things are very different. Well, yeah, I I made a probably pretty poor suggestion on Saturday of the PGA that I thought. Oh, oh, that tweet. I got ratioed. You've got a uh, you've. The uh I heard uh Solly say he was gonna print it out for you. Um yeah. I I almost had a collection going right now of all the different times that Kyle Porter thought his life was over at the US Open. Like <laughs> cause you had like tell my wife and children they were loved. I don't think I'll make the afternoon. Like you had at least three cries for help from inside the ropes at Bell Reef. <laughs> SOS that smoke you saw on 10 that was a smoke signal for me <laughs> just saying please please <laughs> come help me yeah we just got an FEF from Tiger on 9 after the birdie of the tournament I might not survive the afternoon uh, let's see <laughs> tell my wife and children they were low oh yeah just saw an in contention Tiger hit the filthiest stinger on 11, walk to his bag before it landed and stand with a smirk with a monster bottle at his feet as everyone watching caught their breath. Tell my wife and kids they were loved. <laughs> um, Twitter, Twitter was fun this week. It was great. Is it, How much of a difference is it for you 
being able to have your phone on the course as opposed to like the masters. Do you, are you able to have yeah. your phone on the course at the masters now? No, but it's great. The problem is you're almost looking at it too much, not because you want updates, but because you don't, you only get service in certain areas. And so you're trying, you're like, come on, you know, get, I, I need, I need to, I need to see like, you know, who did this or what people are saying or whatever, because it's hard to know what's going on. There's not leaderboards everywhere and you're trying to figure stuff out, but you don't get service everywhere. And so it's just kind of, I don't know. I almost prefer the masters where you just can't have it out there at all. Um, the ratio isn't that bad. I mean, it is It's not that great. It's 96 to 11. You do have 131 likes on it though. Yeah. I, I basically said that Tony Finau should be the uh, captain's pick and Tiger made a vice captain. And my reasoning was that I think Tiger is such an asset to the U S team as a, as a vice captain. I think, I think that, I think he loves doing it. I think that, uh, the players love playing for him because he cares and because he's into it and because he's Tiger Woods. And then he goes out and almost wins the PGA championship <laughs> on Sunday. So, Bad take there by me. I think that I think it's hard because you've got a scenario in which I think Phil is like the American Sergio in that he's not playing well, but he's done historically enough that he almost he almost gets a free one. Like he just gets a free pass. Yes. And I don't know I don't even know if this year is the free pass. I think he might get a free pass beyond when he is like when he should be on the team, I think he might get one like bonus pass um, because he's like, I don't know, ninth this year, or 10th this year or something. He's not, it's not like he's not earned the points to, to sort of be in contention. Um, so I think that it should be uh, Matt Kuchar, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, and um, I, I think I've I think I've gone back and forth between Kevin Kisner, Xander, and Finau. No Bryson? And well, this is who I who I think it should uh, be. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I would land on Finau just because I think he's more capable of I don't know. I think any of those guys would be good. But I I, I I'll go I'll say Finau. But then who I think it will be, I think it'll be Tiger, Phil, Kuchar, and Bryson. And that's because Bryson is Tiger's pick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tiger. Jim Furyk gets three picks. Tiger gets one. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, Andy's like, you know, right there in terms of qualification on points. It's not like he's, you know way out of the realm of possibility as well. So Phil, I, all right. So Phil is, uh, a decided psychological advantage for at least this and another Ryder cup. Uh, tiger is tiger. The question is, so Cooch is a good team guy. Is that what he's getting in on that? He's just, he's been there and he's good for the locker room. Yeah. And he just, I think that when you've got a team of alphas, you need to have some, like a Kuchar in there to balance yes. it out. Yeah. And just a team of so many young guys. I mean, think about all the, all the 20 year olds in the top eight. And so it's like, 
I just I just think he brings yeah levity I think he brings wisdom I think he I think he just I think he brings a lot of important things to that team and I think he's beloved honestly you know like and people have talked about this but like the players are the ones that are picking the captain's picks mm-hmm. it's not like like Jim Furyk's not like you know what I really love um I love what I saw from Xander. I mean, because that's the I, thing that this is going to end up getting clipped is like Jim Furyk plays all those rounds with Tony Finau and Xander Shoffley. Like, no shocker. That's that was that was a Ryder Cup audition for both of them, and he might have loved what he saw from them. But if the players are picking their teammates, I don't know if Xander's got the locker room one over. Right, and and Kucher does. So, by the way, I can't wait till the twenty twenty Ryder Cup at Whistling Straits when Phil arrives at the first tee by boat on, on Lake Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be the that's the bonus pick is when he's 50 in 2020 i mean who says no nobody it's going to be uh it's going to be an incredible farewell and then he'll be the captain for like three straight years and then tiger will be the captain and it'll be amazing the uh it's it's going to be really uh the the changeover for the european side is uh is sort of I feel like it's more happening right now. Yeah. Because they're in a situation in which Sergio does not deserve to make the team, but he will. Rose might be hurt. Stinson hasn't qualified. And these are your these are your guys. I yeah. mean, these are these this has been like the core of your team for the last decade, longer. Sergio's been on it forever. I was and, I was thinking of Poulter too. You know, it's like Poulter, Stinson, Sergio, Rose, and then Rory. And Rory will still be there, obviously. But it's like and Rose. You know, it's just it. It feels like all of a sudden we're going to be staring down Tyrell Hatton, John Rahm, and Thomas Peters. Yeah, which does that and Matt like Matt Fitzpatrick and like does that really engender a lot of confidence if you're European I don't know maybe it does but it is it has been sort of a uh it's a weird year for them and I'm still probably gonna pick them just because I think it's gonna be just really I I don't know I just think it's so hard to win over there and I think Rory's gonna find it and carry them and I think Rom's gonna just take souls i mean fleetwood and francesco could the 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 ball striking show if fleetwood and francesco play alternate shots going to be unbelievable well and they're going to put the pins in places that like the because the the whole deal is that the europeans are supposedly better ball strikers and the and the americans are better putters which is probably true but there, the it, it the course setup is going to be fascinating. It's going to be a it's going to be an awesome Ryder Cup because the U.S. team is better. But I think that because it's in Europe, because they can set the course up the way they want, because the U.S. hasn't won there in a quarter of a century, it's going to make for uh, maybe the best Ryder Cup of all time. Well, no bet, no better way to wrap it than previewing the best Ryder Cup of all time. Sorry, yeah. much apologies to the Wyndham Championship. Do you have a pick to win? <laughs> Uh, is Webb playing? I mean, he named his uh, daughter after the event. I would assume so. Yeah, if if Webb, I have, I honestly have not even looked at the field. But if he's playing, I'll take him. 
There you go. Uh, he is Kyle Porter. You can follow him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Uh, Kyle, I'm glad you made it back and you have all of your fingers after those hot takes. Thank you. <laughs> See you, Chip. <laughs>